He's right on him. He's there. This Will he go big. for a slide shot? This is it. There he right goes. He goes. Went for it. Down to the bottom. Slides up in two. Him. Who's going to save it? Neither one. They both spin out. Kyle Busch and Kyle Busch is going to win barely. Steals one. Holy cow. Welcome back to the Full Tank with Phil podcast, the first ever podcast about gambling on NASCAR. And on this week's episode, it is packed to the brims. That's right. We've got a big time episode for a big racetrack in Talladega coming up. So on this week's episode, we're going to start by taking a look back at what we saw at Bristol, the dirt race on Easter Sunday night. It was a long night with the rain and everything. We'll talk about it. How do we do with our bets? Why do we feel so much pain? <laughs> and talk about our feelings with the dirt race in general with the news that came out this week. Then we will shift gears to talk about NASCAR's longest track, Talladega, and talk about getting prepped for it because there's a strategy that goes into this type of track. And so if you're newer to betting on NASCAR, we'll talk about it, walk you through that, get to some picks, some uh, outright picks, and some finishing position picks, as well as just other thoughts. Because after that, we will then welcome on the two guys behind the Speedway Steve 2 Twitter account. They put out picks every week. They're doing a lot of write-ups, going on podcasts of their own. These guys are phenomenal. We had them on last week. It's Phil and Steve from that account. We've got a great conversation with them this week talking about Talladega, what they like heading into this week, and we get a full tank face-off with those guys as well. They each made a pick on their side, so we'll get to all that towards the back half of this episode. So you're going to want to stick around for that. Uh, it's a good one, I'll tell you that. So let's start by recapping Bristol Dirt. So I think I sent one tweet out that night and it just said pain. Uh, pure pain. So the end of that race, you heard it on the intro, Briscoe and uh, Reddick. well, they both wrecked as Briscoe sent it too far and took out the race leader, Tyler Reddick. So it was painful because... On this podcast, I called out Briscoe as a guy that we loved to win the race. I had a, a lot of reasons behind it. Now, I kind of backtracked on another guy that I called out, which was Martin Truex Jr. I sent that out on Twitter saying, hey, you know, I'm not liking this pick anymore. Got to regroup. And I tailed uh, another one of our future guests, Skybox NASCAR. He was all over Reddick, and I said, you know, hey, I got to go with this. I, I like Reddick in uh, practice and qualifying, everything that we saw there. So I'm in. So I had money down on Reddick and Briscoe. And to see those two cars wipe each other out was just horrible. Uh, it was not the first time that's happened to me since we've been doing the podcast. I think Elliot and Logano did the same thing. It might have been Bristol where I had money on both of them and they both wrecked each other. Uh, that was tough. That was tough to see. But uh, Kyle Busch is your winner. And, you know, he backs into the race after coming at Alex Bowman a couple weeks ago and after downplaying the Bristol Dirt Race in general. Uh, he ends up as your winner, kind of awkward, you know. I thought he was pretty 
decent in the post-race stuff, you know, not making uh, too big of a deal of everything. So it was tough. The more shocking thing was that the two young guys, Briscoe and Reddick, did not get into any sort of brawl on pit road. I think that's what everyone was waiting for. Now they shook hands and, and talked it out. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. You know, do you want to see that as NASCAR fans, like a bit of a rivalry? Um, they shook hands. They seemed to be very cordial. Reddick had a smile on his face. I don't know how that's possible if you're still looking for your first NASCAR, NASCAR career win and you get spun out like that. I don't know how you could be as calm as he was, but um, very, very interesting to see that happen. Just for the record, I know everything ended all hunky-dory and, and patting each other on the back, but that's the second time in two years now that we've had Briscoe spin the leader out. He Remember, he did it to Hamlin at the Indy Road Course. Just saying. Uh, I'm not hating on Briscoe. I'm just saying there. You know, we don't want a pattern to be starting here uh, of a, a guy we don't like. I liked it. I, I had him, so I was cheering for him. But, you know, in any case, Kyle Busch is your winner. So talk about Bristol on dirt. My thoughts. I, I mentioned it a little bit last week. I got into it a little bit with uh, with Phil and Steve when, when I talked to them later. So you hear me talk about it again later. But I just can't get behind taking up one of NASCAR's best tracks and putting dirt on it. I don't know why we can't find a, a dirt track out there that we could do this on. I understand now the news that came out today as I'm recording this. They will be doing it again next year, 2023. They're locked in, and I guess, you know, ratings talk, money talks. They they had the day, Easter day, uh, Easter Sunday. It was just basketball playoffs and then NASCAR at night. So, um they must have done really well, well enough for them to want to do it again. It, it kills me to see Bristol do this. There are so many things that they need to do better if they go back. But um, I guess it is what it is. Well, now that we've had this track or this race, we've got a little bit more data on it next time around. So I guess as the gambler makes it a little easier on us, we've got some more data to pull from. But uh, you saw earlier in the week, Kyle Busch, like I mentioned, was kind of down on it. And Kyle Larson the guy, right? He's the the dirt track guy. He was just ripping it apart, saying like, if we have windshields in the car, why are we even doing this? This is a bit of a gimmick or a joke, I think he might have said. And that was just, I mean, he, he must have got a phone call from Steve Phelps or uh, Steve O'Donnell or whoever, because that was uh, on Sirius XM, and that was pretty jarring to hear because he's supposed to be the poster child of dirt and he's ripping it so i think that says all you need to to know um but you know my family on easter watching it they were kind of thinking that this was a, a bit of a gimmick you know they were they were like what is this why aren't they just running it on the normal track you know why don't why do they have to run on dirt and i was trying to explain it. I was trying to defend NASCAR's end of it, but it was kind of tough uh, to do that. And we were watching like the first half of the race in our Easter celebrations. And you would think that new fans, right? That what they're going for is like new fans trying to capture that and say like, wow, that's really cool. And it did not do it in, uh, in our, our Easter celebrations. I can tell you that whatsoever. So Looking at our bets, we hit our Blaney top 10. That was a, a given. We were saying Barstool had him minus 112. That was a lock, and it sure was. Uh, the other ones, we tr try to hit some longer shots. 
As I said that, I'm doing a, a basketball shooting motion for some reason. I have no idea why, but Stenhouse and Austin Dillon, oh, both those guys, like, so painful because they were good at parts of the race. Dillon was up front for some of that race. Both did not hit the top 10 bet. Todd Gillen, you know, he got caught up in stuff later in the race after the restart of the rain. So just they all looked good at some point in time in the race, but all got hung up. So that was kind of tough to take. And then in the full tank faceoff against Derek, my goodness, I guess every now and then you need to step back to try to say like, you know, hey, you're not all that. I got my ass kicked. 0-3, and, and it wasn't even close. I lost the face-off before the first rain delay, I'm pretty sure, because two of my guys were out of the race. So that hurt big time. Uh, the thing that saved me as far as the, the betting was we had a race day parlay, and that hit, that was plus 725, and that hit had a couple people text me about that one. They, they tailed me on that, and I was happy that that was the thing they tailed me on. Uh, we had a Another parlay that I threw out there on Instagram, I called it the buffet parlay, which I, I kind of like. Um, it was a one from every manufacturer, and that just missed. I hit two of the three, and the one that I missed, the guys finished right behind each other. So that was a killer. I almost hit two big long shot parlays, which would have been real nice. Um, but in any case, you know, Bristol Dirt. We didn't hit the outright. We just missed there, so that was painful. 0 for 3 in the faceoff. That hurts. Top 10s didn't cash in like we thought. Just a, a long parlay was uh, really all we're coming away to show for it. So I guess tough race uh, could have been a lot worse, or it could have been a lot better, I guess is what I'm trying to say. So it's tough to come out of here with a smile on your face. But they're going back next year, so we'll have a little bit more to prepare with when they do. Whether it's Easter Sunday or not, that's the other thing that needs to be decided is, are they going to stick with Easter or are they going to switch up the schedule a little bit? So let's move to Talladega because we're going from one race that was a total crapshoot, total wild card. You know, how's it going to end? Who's going to dominate? Is there dirt ringers going to do their job? Is it going to be like a normal race? So many things that are unknown with that race. Now we're going to Talladega where this is another crapshoot. But the difference is we've got so much more data to pull from. And we're able to look through, and it's more of a normal wild card type race. So I'm, I'm more comfortable. I know what we're going to get with Talladega. It's going to be crazy. There's going to be some huge wrecks. Guys that you bet on are going to be a nice, safe, sound bet, and they will get wiped out by someone. It's a given. You know, something that's not even their fault. They will get wiped out because of it. So don't get discouraged. Once again, you know, I put that warning out last week. Like, if you're heading into this weekend, don't get too discouraged if your bets get wiped out. You know, it's kind of part of the game. It's part of the fun. And that's why we've got great odds for you as the gambler. If you're new to NASCAR, betting on it, and you're looking at these odds this week saying, what the hell is this all about? It's because... To do well at Talladega is so difficult, you're going to get great odds for anything you're betting on. So that's why you're looking at the favorite right now as 10 to 1, plus 1,000 on DraftKings or plus 1,100 on MGM or wherever you're looking. Um, you're getting great odds. So we got to take advantage of it. The unpredictability is huge, and that's what makes it fun to watch 
and also fun to cash in when you do actually hit something. So let's take a look at the track stats for Talladega, and then we'll get into our strategy. So looking at this racetrack all time in the Cup Series, 105 races all time, which is a lot. Uh, a lot of data to look back on. The winner has started on the pole 14 times, and the last time it happened was just a couple years ago, Hamlin in 2020. Now, this is the thing that's interesting. I feel like I say this every time I go to Dega, but winners starting in the top five, it's 53% of the time. Winners starting in the top 10, 70% of the time. And starting outside of the top 20, it's only happened eight times. So I just get done talking about the unpredictability and how anything can happen and guys can, you know, randomly jump up and snag this win. But when you look at the starting positions, it tells a different story. They have to qualify well. Um, I, mean, I guess you have to qualify well is not the best thing to say. It's historically the winner has actually qualified in a good spot. So if you bet on someone and they qualify outside the top 20, it's a little bit of cringe situation because now their odds are definitely going to change and it's only happened eight times. The last time it happened from outside the top 20 was in 2014. Denny Hamlin again calling him out from the 34th spot. So it's not impossible, but very tough to do, which is surprising, right? Because Talladega has a similar history and a percentage there as uh, a mile and a half track. So that I find something to kind of keep in the back of your head as you're watching qualifying and, and whatnot. Manufacturer trends, Ford has been the, the king of the ring here. 11 of the last 15 races has been won by Ford. Chevy uh, has a five-race drought going on. So if it's not Ford, it's been Toyota. And uh, I think Ford right now is plus 110 in the manufacturer bets to, to win. I think that's a pretty solid bet if you want to just bet manufacturers and the guys that I'm calling to win the race are all Fords. So I'm kind of following that trend. I'm using this data to my advantage here. So the strategy for this race is spreading your picks around, not being afraid to kind of go outside the box a little bit. Um, we're going to try to find the guys who are good here and we're going to call them out when that is possible. We want to call out guys who have good stats that, again, sound bets that you can kind of get behind in your head and say, yes, I feel comfortable betting my money on X guy knowing that anything can happen. And when we say anything can happen, that's a double-edged sword because you could say, yeah, anything can happen. Harrison Burton could win from plus 9,000. Sure. You know, that, that whatever, anything could happen. But at the same time, we could say Ryan Blaney, who is the favorite, who I love in this race. I'm not going to call him out on the podcast as one of my three picks here, but I will have money on Ryan Blaney plus 1,000 to win the race. That is a fact. Uh, anything can happen in the bad sense, too, because those guys that are good here could easily get wiped out. So it's tough. So that's why you want to spread your picks around. Just set aside an allotted amount of money that you're going to play with. Don't get sucked into just like continuously throwing money down as the week goes on. Make sure you bet responsibly on this one because it could really sucker you in. Um, you want to manage that correctly and then have some fun. Sprinkle bets is, is a, another way of, of playing this one because, you know, you don't want to go all in 
if, if you did go all in and you hit, great. You are set for the rest of the season. But the, uh, the sprinkle is the play because you could throw a little bit on the outrights. We've got top tens to talk about. We've got head-to-heads. We've got manufacturer positions, all sorts of things. There are ways to win money at this track. So take your time and make sure you're, you're betting the right way. So without further ado, let's talk about some picks to win because I feel like people are not really going to be loving my picks to win this week. I'm trying to take that like outside-the-box mentality and applying it to these picks this week. I mentioned Blaney. I think that's a given. Everybody knows that he's a, a good pick here, so I'm not going to waste your time going on and on about him. Uh, but let's talk about his teammate, Joey Logano. He's got the value right now of plus 1,200. I was shocked when I saw that, so I like that. Um he won the Clash to start the season, and I threw some stats out there about winners of the Clash are a bit jinxed. They, on average, don't win their first race of the year until the 10th race of the season. Well, I've been waiting to talk about this, and lo and behold, Joey Logano, winless, heading into, what number race is this? That's right, it's the 10th race of the year. So using that little uh, data there about the Clash Jinx, this is where he snaps out of it. I know it's an average number, but it's it's dead on. This is a racetrack that he easily could win if you're looking at the stats because his stats backed it up. So I'm, I'm happy that this is the 10th race of the year because the Clash Jinx is officially lifted, right? He can win at any point now. And as we dive in to these stats, you're going to say, yeah, this is a guy who I like. I'm going to ride with this one. Second favorite at plus 1,200 behind his teammate. In his last 10 starts at Talladega, he's got one win, five top fives, and five top tens. So what does that mean exactly? You know, we say five top fives and then five top tens. That tells a little bit of a story by itself because it says he either crashes or he's finishing up front in the end. So going down to those last few turns, if he's there, you're going to be in business. You have a shot. If he wrecks or whatever throughout the race, then, you know, it's done. But 50% of the time in the last 10 races, he's finishing in that top five. That's impressive at a racetrack like this. His average finish is fifth compared to everyone, 14.2. That's the other thing. These stats that I'm throwing out here, these average finishes, these numbers, they're going to be a lot higher than they are at these other tracks because it is such a difficult place to do well. His driver rating is the big thing that you want to take home and tell everyone about with Joey Logano. It's first, 104.2 is the only driver with an average driver rating in the last 10 over 100. That's huge. He won the 2018 spring race. In 2020, it wasn't that great of a year for him. Tat Talladega, that's for sure. But who among us had a great year in 2020? You know what I mean? So we'll let him slide on that. His numbers at Dega in that year were, were not fantastic. But last time we were here, it was a rain-shortened race. He finished third. So even though they didn't do the full race, he was still there. Like we said, he's either kind of crashing out or he's a factor in the outcome of the race. He has led laps in nine of the last ten races. So what that means to me is it's an opportunity for you to be up front and avoid the wrecks. If you're leading the race, unless you've got an asshole behind you, you are usually pretty safe from the chaos and the big one. 
Um, so that's huge. Now let's talk about some of the other stats here. I mean, first in green flag speed at Daytona. So we're calling out, you know, the last 10 races at uh, Talladega, but we also want to look at what we're seeing this year as well. And we only got one super speedway race, so we'll refer to the green flag speed when we can. And he was the fastest green flag speed this year out of everyone. So all of this is a reason why Joey Logano should be on your radar. Plus 1,200 to win the race. And if that is a little bit too spicy for you, plus 150 to finish top five, that, to me, is pretty decent. 50% shot at that. I like it. So Joey Logano in that 22 Penske card, that Ford, remember, that's a big one, lock me in for that one. So after that, it gets a little more outside the box. Like I said, I hope you guys aren't uh, hating on me too hard here. But the next guy I'm calling out is plus 1400 so pretty good value for Brad Kozlowski. That's right. I've mentioned on this podcast before that I don't think he's really worth betting on, but we're at a super speedway. So I keep trying to quit Brad. And I will say, after this week, I don't think I'm going to bet on Kozlowski, you know, top five, maybe even top ten for quite some time. I think they need to really start to prove it. They've, they've done a little bit better recently, but I do think that they are behind. So at a cookie-cutter race, we're going to Dover, we're going to Kansas, we're going to Charlotte. I'm skeptical of Kozlowski unless his odds are ridiculous. He is 30th in points right now, and that is shocking. I mean, that's just jarring to hear by itself. So if you're on that team, you got to think to yourself, all right, well, you know, we showed a little bit better speed in the last couple weeks, but there's a chance that, you know, we're not winning a race this year. And so to point ourselves in is going to be just so difficult from this point. We've already dug ourselves too big of a hole. So it comes down to Talladega and Daytona. Two shots left to make the playoffs, really. And I know it's a little early in the season to be thinking like that, but they've got to have some realistic minds in that race shop at RFK. So look at this race as just like an all-out situation with Brad Keselowski. Super speedways, I'm still in on this six team. So let's look at his numbers here because they are fantastic. In his last 10 races at Penske, mind you, two wins, three top fives, four top tens. Average finish is sixth, 14.6. Drive rating is second behind Logano, 99.1. He won this race last year in the spring and only led one lap. But Looking at his total last 10 races, he's led laps in nine of the last 10, just like Logano. So his former Penske teammate and him, and Penske in general, is very good here. So Brad was definitely a huge part of that. He's finished on the lead lap eight of 10 times. So that means he knows how to stay in the race. Even if he's maybe banging the car up a little bit, they stay in the race. In 2021, he had finishes of first and second. So all that history is great, right? That's what you want. If he was still at Penske, this would be a, an absolute lock of a pick. You would obviously be throwing money down on Kozlowski. But it's the 2022 season that has everyone worried. But this year, he was very impressive at Daytona. He led 67 laps. He finished ninth with some damage. He wrecked half the field. He's going to have to make risks or take risks this time around at Talladega as well because of the hole that we just talked about that they've dug for themselves. So I really think that this is uh, something that 
is worth betting money on, plus 1400 because he's going to be driving with a purpose, driving a little bit desperate. At Daytona, he was seventh in green flag speed. If they have that again, it's putting him in the right position. Daytona was the only top 10 he's had all season. So you compare the two tracks, super speedways, this is his chance to really wrap the rest of the season up with a little less pressure because if they don't win this race, now it really comes down to the last race with Daytona before the end of the regular season because they're not going to be able to point themselves back into the playoff hunt. It's this or it's nothing. They could win this race and still might not make the playoffs because you have to be in the top 30 in points, I believe that's still the rule. So he's flirting with that. Big race for Kozlowski. I want to be on the winning side if he does it, plus 1,400. The last guy I'm going to call out is another one that you're probably going to go, ooh, what are you talking about here, Phil? But hear me out here. Kevin Harvick plus 1,600. That's a pretty big number. And so we'll talk about, you know, is he a Speedway guy, is he not? The first thing is I'm looking for some good juju with Kevin Harvick this week. It's a long shot pick. It's not the longest of shots, but it's still a pretty long shot. So the good juju here, my son's first birthday, two days after Talladega. He is the fourth of his name, born in the fourth month of the year, and this race is the fourth race in the fourth month of the year. So four, 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 give me the four car. You know what I mean? I kind of knew I was going to take Kevin Harvick around his birthday, so lock it in the good juju there just like hey take my money i don't even care but then if you're looking into it further if you really want to make a case for this i thought this was a pretty long shot i thought this was kind of silly i was going to do this kind of on my own without calling it out but digging into a little bit more it's actually kind of the perfect fit here because looking at this season he would kind of fit the role as a bit of a disruptor hasn't been dominant in any way shape or form and so winning this race at a track that maybe most people wouldn't think them to be a factor at would kind of fit the bill of 2022, wouldn't it? So looking at his last 10 races, zero wins. He does have a win at this racetrack, by the way, but in the last 10, zero wins, two top fives, four top tens, kind of similar to Kozlowski minus the wins. Average finish is 11th, 17.2. In 2021, he finished fourth and eighth. That's not too shabby for a guy who quote-unquote, isn't a super speedway guy. I feel like I was talking shit about Harvick, about him at Daytona not being great, and he went out and did pretty damn well. So uh, I don't mind this pick at all. Top five, he's plus 200. He did it this spring race last year, so that's not too shabby. And here's another thing that stood out to me when you're really digging in deep with Harvick. His driver rating in the fall was 116.1. That We mentioned how hard it is to get into the hundreds with your driver rating. Three of the last eight races, his driver rating was over 100. So I used to think he wasn't a super speedway guy, but he's actually really not that bad. When he leads laps, he's got really good finishes. If he's not leading laps, he ends up crashing. A couple times, he has crashed. He has not led laps. So if you see Harvick up front... Early in the race, you can say to yourself, okay, I, you know, I can expect some decent finish here, um, you know, without anything crazy happening to him, like act of God type stuff with these wrecks. So Harvick, his race car, he can definitely wheel it around this place, a little bit more of a longer shot, plus 1,600. But look for other bets on Harvick, like that plus uh, 
200 for a top five, you know, head-to-heads if he can see anything like that, top four or, or anything in that nature, um, top 10 even, you know, Barstool probably has a really good number on him. I haven't seen it, but you can find him because he's a, a sneaky guy, a sneaky pick. So like I said, I'm going for the good juju for my son's birthday, but also found that it's pretty good numbers. So I like it all around. So to recap there, we're going Longano plus 1200, Kozlowski plus 1400, and Kevin Harvick plus 1600 for the outright picks this week. Firm, but with little give. Yep, these are medium rare. What if somebody wants theirs well done? We ask them politely yet firmly to leave. So next up, we're going to take a look at some finishing position bets. And I'm going to tell you right now, this is where, especially if you're newer to gambling on NASCAR, this is where you can have some real fun. We've got some great odds in this section, whether it's you know finding guys for top five, but top 10 is what we're talking about. And once again, Barstool has the best odds for guys to finish in the top 10. And to be honest, it's what it should be. We should not get the lines like DraftKings is giving us and MGM for that matter, because their lines to finish in the top 10 are ridiculous. Like you're getting guys who are big time minus money. And like we said, the, you know, anything can happen, right? That's the mantra this week. Well, um, it, it's just doesn't make sense. So what does make sense is that most of these guys are plus money. So that means you can have a lot of fun for top 10 picks. So I'm going to call out a few here and then I'm just going to riff on um, a few others, but some three picks, you know, that I'm definitely in on. And again, we're going with value here, value, I'm not taking the guys towards the top. We're talking about some different guys this week. So the first guy that I'm calling out big number to finish in the top 10, Eric Jones plus 225. This is a name that you're not going to say, yeah, that's a lock. Of course, you know, nothing's a lock at Talladega, but we're going for uh, more of a longer shot. Five of his last 10 races at Talladega, he wrecked. Okay. That's how I'm going to start. You're saying to yourself, what the hell, dude? Like, why would you call someone out who just wrecks all the time? But his first three races at Talladega were wrecks, and a couple of them were in the 77 cars. Average finish is 21.2 but if you remove those first three races you see how much he's improved it jumps to 14.8 that's seven average points better than if you include those first three races of his career at talladega he's got two top fives and four top tens he finished ninth in the fall driving the 43 car so in 2020 he had a second place finish and a fifth place finish Three of his last four races were top 10 finishes. He had great speed at Daytona. He had eighth in green flag speed, but he got wrecked. So Eric Jones is exactly who we're talking about when we're saying like new faces in the crowd are going to jump up. He's plus 7,000 to win. I want to say like anybody that I'm talking about on this episode, whether it's you know, in this section or with Phil and Steve, you know, later on, anybody, it, you'd be hard pressed to tell me, um, no, that guy has no chance to win. He's plus 7,000 to win the race. Like, what's the harm in doing a little sprinkle on that just for the hell of it? You know, because it's 2022, like random guys are winning races. So 
He's plus 7,000 to win, plus 800 for a top five. He's done it twice in his last 10 races. That's 20%. That's a huge number there. But plus 225 is a top 10 number for Eric Jones. I like him. I like him this week. And if you see him in a head-to-head matchup, you let me know because I would probably take him. So lock me in for that 43 car of Eric Jones. The next guy that I'm going with is someone that's probably predictable. If you listen to me quite a bit, and it's Jones's teammate actually, Ty Dillon, plus 350 to finish in the top 10. That number does not make sense. We are stealing if we can get that number because in his last eight races, he has two top 10s, which is 25% of the time, plus 350 for that is, is damn good. But here's the thing with Ty Dillon, right? Two top 10s in eight races, seven top 15 finishes that is wild he's so consistent in that little range right there between maybe eighth and 15 so his average finish is 12.0 which is third in nascar third out of everyone we're talking the blaney's the kozlowski's the the hamlin's everybody he's third in nascar at this racetrack His average starting position is 25th. So that tells you that he is able to move from the back to the front or, or, you know, to the top 10 and keep the car clean, avoid the chaos. I mean, all of these stats are telling you that he's able to somehow finish the race. He, He makes those moves. It's so tough to start in the back and you know, clearly he's not somebody who sits in the back and waits. He gets up there. He's a force. Um, his last three races, his finishes were third last fall or last time he raced. So he had last year off because he wasn't in the Cup Series. But last time he was here, he finished third, then a 12th place finish, and then a 10th place finish. So he's two for three in the top 10 in his last three races in the Cup Series. So that's pretty damn good. He's finished every single lap at Talladega in eight races. That is just crazy. If the lead lap finish bet was still around, that was around like a couple years ago. Some books have it in specific states. If you have that available to you, take that for Ty Dillon. I want to hear about it. If you do have that ability to get that bet, he's plus 9,000 to win the race. You know, that's crazy. Um, Again, long shot, but what the hell, right? You got the new car. He's got the same team as Eric Jones. I talked about how, you know, Jones is somebody that we really like working together. Two super speedway guys, Jones and Dylan, both would say they have their best chances to make the playoffs at super speedways. That's not a secret, right? They're proud to say that. So Jones is having a pretty good season this year. Dylan, you know, this is a shot. He, he was a a factor last week in the dirt race and uh, had a bit of a chip on his shoulder going into that race because they called out like dirt drivers who were the ringers and they didn't include him and he grew up on dirt well little chip on his shoulder went out performed pretty well got a little bit of momentum coming to that plus 350 top 10 give me that all day he's going to be in that 8 to 15 range i like it lock me in ty dillon when he was back in the cup series I knew that I was going to be throwing money on him in this race. And I'm not ashamed of it. You know, I'm open about that. I love it. I love that he's back to be able to bet on in these super speedways. 
The last guy that we're calling out is Eric Almarola. He's plus 120 to finish in the top 10. He's plus 2,000 to win the race, which I do not think is crazy at all. His last 10 races, he has one win, five top fives, seven top tens. His average finish is first in NASCAR. So we're calling out two guys here, going back to Ty Dillon, to finish in the top 10 who are the first place guy with average finish and the third place guy with average finish. Now, he had seven straight top 10 finishes, but they came a little while ago. His last three races, most recent three, were outside of the top 10. So that's a little nerve-wracking when it comes to this, but he said some rough finishes and Look at glass half full approach. That's why we have these odds in our favor a little bit. Because if he kept that streak alive, you better believe we'd be seeing minus money for this. So give me plus 120. This is his swan song. This is his final season. He's going into retirement. He knows that he's good at these races, this racetrack in particular. His driver inning is 13th overall. He finished 5th at Daytona this season. We, We talked about how he started off with some you know hot top 10s. Daytona, he ran really well. And this is another race that we could see that same thing. So lock me in, plus 120 for a top 10 for Almirola, and plus 2,000 to win the damn thing. Also not crazy. Like I said, a little sprinkle approach. You're going to be hard-pressed to find someone to win the race that I'm not like, yeah, sure. I I could see why you would want to play that. Um, So those are the three guys that I like. Almirola in the 10 car, plus 120. Ty Dillon. In the 42 car, plus 350. And Eric Jones, his teammate, plus 225 in the 43 car. So now a couple leans, you know, just throwing out some guys here to to keep your eye on. Ricky Stenhouse Jr., we haven't talked about him at all. I like Ricky Stenhouse. I was ripping on him at Daytona because everyone calls him a super speedway guy, but not at Daytona. At Talladega, he's got the stats to back that up. So I like Stenhouse. He's plus 150 for a top 10. Lock me in there. I wouldn't mind betting on him in a head-to-head matchup for sure, depending on who it's against. Maybe if you see him in a group bet, you might get you know lucky there, matched up against some um, some sibs. So I don't mind that at all. Ricky Stenhouse Jr., keep your eye on him. He's also somebody that could go out and qualify really well. So be starting you know towards the front. If you see Ricky qualify well, your odds are going to go down. To win the race, he's like plus 3,000 right now. Um, I, I, again, you you don't see that as so far fetched. Like he has done it here before he has a victory at this racetrack. Why not this year? You know? So plus plus one fifty Stenhouse, that's an, that's a early conversation here. Early lean Chris Busher also plus one fifty, uh, for kind of the same reason, super speedway guys got some, some decent numbers. I think he's like ninth overall in average finish or something like that. Um, so good stats for for Busher and the odds plus 150 for a top 10, something I really like. And then Kurt Busch, not somebody that I would have thought of, but Kurt is plus 140 for a top 10. He's three for his last six, 50% of the time, finishing the top 10. That's hard to do at a super speedway race where the big one can happen at any moment. So he's another one that I'm kind of looking at is, you know, hey, didn't think of Kurt when we started looking through the Talladega stats, but he kind of came alive and jumped out at me there. And, and maybe for a top Toyota, Kurt Busch, I, I don't hate that bet either. He's like plus 350, not too shabby. The Toyota's top 
bet. Top Toyota bet is uh, the most fun, especially at a racetrack like this, because there's only like five or six of them. Whereas the other guys, you've got a lot more people you got to beat. With Toyota, it's almost like a, a group bet, just extended a little bit. So yeah, for Kurt, plus 350, that's not too shabby. Um, his numbers don't seem too terrible. So just some early leans, you know, we'll, we'll try to talk more about it um, as the week goes on on Twitter or Instagram, anything we update, I'll throw that out there. But um, definitely some fun bets available for you this week at Talladega. To anyone out there who wants to go fast, anybody. I want to go fast. So now I'm really happy to bring on not one, but two guests to come and try to tackle Talladega with me here. And it's the two guys, the duo behind Speedway Steve 2 on Twitter. I know a lot of people out there that are listening to this follow that account and uh, get a lot of their info from Speedway Steve 2. They also write for Odds Checker US, doing a lot of great stuff. They were on last year, had an absolute blast talking with them. Happy to have them back this year. And um, we're going to get down and dirty talking Talladega and... We've got a full tank face-off as well. All three of us will take a matchup, and we'll see what the rosters look like when we're all done with that. But then we pick their brain on any other bets that we've got for Talladega. So without further ado, let's welcome on Phil and Steve. All right, so now we are very happy to have on the duo behind the Speedway Steve 2 Twitter account, Phil and Steve back on the podcast, recurring guests, had them last year. Um, guys, welcome back to the podcast. And what have you been up to? Man, Phil, first of all, thanks for having us back. This is like one of our favorite things to do is is kicking it with you. And and you do so much for the NASCAR community, man. Um, so just really thankful that you'd, you'd have us back this year. But um, yeah, man, it's business as usual. We're uh, we're writing a lot of articles for, for odds checker. Uh, we write for four for four football. Um, we have a, a podcast of our own with absolute sports betting degeneracy. So things have kind of picked up this year for us. That's awesome. It's great to hear. Um, yeah. I mean, you guys just looking at the, the work you've been doing, I, I was perusing it this week to try to, um, you know, get caught up on what you guys have been up to and you got a lot going on which is good. If, if business is busy, then I guess that's a good thing, right? It's a, it's a full plate, man. And, and a lot of late nights writing those, uh, writing those goofy articles, but uh, it's pretty cool. We, we've hit outright winners the last two weeks. So that, that makes it worth it. <laughs> well, we're going to talk about that for sure in a second here. Cause I am a you on the one of them, but um, let, let's uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I heard you guys on uh, the flag hunting podcast as well. Um, obviously, you know, that was a, a fun lesson. So, um, how's the season been going, you know, from, from Daytona to last week? Like, how have you guys been doing? Well, um, and I, I'm sure Steve can, can talk a little bit more about it, but we got off to a rough start, um, as far as like overall win loss, um, we got down about gosh, like 25 units, uh, which is, you know, it's a ton, but, um, we stumbled across, you know, some new, some new data sets, uh, the last couple of weeks, and it seems to have just flipped a switch with us. Um, I don't know if it just gave us confidence 
or or what, but it seems to be that we're we're seeing it a little bit better. Uh, but man, the the new car it just it kind of made you know all the old data worthless. Um, if you know if that you, you just set it on fire and and forget about it. And um, it's just been just been a rough rough year until the last couple of weeks. So hopefully things are turning around. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And Phil, thanks again uh, for having us on and having me on. I really appreciate the offer. It's it's great to be here. It's a lot of fun to do. So I appreciate it. Um, I kind of agree with everything everything Phil is saying. Uh, the new car has thrown us in for quite a loop. I know I've seen quite a few people out there having a lot of success this year, but uh, unfortunately, I would say we're not really one of those that started out well. But um, we've kind of looked at things over, did a little bit of a revamp, and we've kind of turned things around a little bit here the past couple of weeks in a good way, so hopefully it continues. Yeah, I mean, I think it was predictable, right, that I guess the one thing that was predictable was that, you know, gamblers were going to have a little bit of a tough time getting going. I don't think you guys are alone in that sense at all. The, the new car has definitely changed things. Favorites have not hit really at all this year or the guys towards the top. It, it has been as advertised, I guess you could say. So when that's the case, it's a lot tougher to predict things. Like you said, the data kind of flies out the window. So it's really uh, tougher to narrow things in. So um, the, the outright you had the last couple of weeks, congrats. So I mentioned I almost jinxed you. Martinsville, let's start there. Oh, um, Phil, when I, when I saw your tweet, <laughs> brother. <laughs> yeah, I. so I'm sitting here watching the race. I It was the first time like I was able to sit down on a Saturday night and watch a race from start to finish because I didn't have anything going on with like family or friends or anything that night. I was so excited, and I'm sitting there drinking my beer, whatever, and it was just, of course, that one opportunity I get is the most boring race in NASCAR history. So I, I was just like, you know what? Let me fire off some, uh, some bad juju out there into the, the world. Not even thinking that like there are, you know, friends out there that might have Byron, you know? And so when I sent that out, I saw your tweet. I was like, Oh boy, sorry about that. Like, I hope I, I hope you still make it out. Okay. But, uh, and obviously he won. So no harm, no foul there, but no harm, uh, no foul. <laughs> yeah, he wouldn't have been had, happy with me yeah. though if, if he missed. Oh man. We had Byron every which way. I think we had him in, in like two head to heads. We had him top five, top three win. And when I saw you post that, I was like, Oh, we're, we're doomed. We're doomed. It, and, yeah. you know, the late caution, you know, it, it just – and it, I was just thinking, I was like, man, we really, really need this one. <laughs> so this, this, <laughs> we need to get off the schneid. And oh, oh OG Phil is going to take it away. <laughs> so, <laughs> Well, luckily that didn't that didn't happen. I mean, I was, I was kind of – I mean, I had Byron in a, a few different ways as well. I had him in a head-to-head and um, I, I think a, a top five. But um, I had Elliot to win the race, so I was – I was pissed about the pit road thing. And then, you know, the fact that he, he got right up next to him and, and couldn't pass him. It was just like, what kind of race is this? So I was bent out of shape, but um, you guys had Kyle last week at Bristol. We did. Yeah. We, we backed into one. Can't hate yep. that. You know what I mean? Better to be lucky <laughs> than good. For sure. We uh, just about lost yeah. our minds on that one. Cause I mean, that had just about no chance with about half a lap to go. I mean, he was three seconds behind <laughs> and uh, yeah, the, un- just, the unthinkable happened. 
I, I was just like, send it in there, Briscoe. Just send it. <laughs> so. I, I said earlier, you know, in the, the intro part that I have, uh, I had Briscoe and Reddick from earlier in the oh. week, plus 1400 on both of them. So I was oh. sitting there like, you know, whatever happens here, I'm, I'm, I'm Gucci. And that was a mistake. Like <laughs> that was wrong. Redick almost, he almost took it down for you too. You know, he, he got it. He got it turned around, but I had no idea how far ahead they were from the third place car. Like every lapped car that went by, you thought was the next guy. And it just wasn't You're like, what the hell's going on here? Like they had like a whole straightaway ahead of them. But yeah, I, yeah, I, I actually think, reviewed um, that. And I, I didn't even realize until yesterday how close uh, Reddick was to still winning that race. <laughs> it was maybe a car length distance. I couldn't believe it when I, re- I watched it again. I'm like, oh, Kyle must have taken this by, uh, you know, pretty, relatively easy. But that was definitely not the case. Yeah, I don't even think the guys in the booth, you know, they were like, oh, you know, and the winner is Kyle Busch. But he hadn't crossed the line yet. I think they were still looking for him also. Yeah. So it, just, it was it was a wild finish. That was a. A pretty good race considering you know, so, rain and the days and stuff. Let's let's talk about it and, and then we'll move to Talladega. But uh, I'm so anxious to talk with some other people about you know what we saw. Um, I, I want to get both your thoughts on the dirt at Bristol. Uh, Phil and I were kind of talking right before we started recording, Steve, uh, before you jumped on, and you know, I'll, I'll recap my thoughts uh, as well. But I want to get your thoughts like, do you like it? Do you like what you saw? Um, you know, are you excited that they're going to be doing it again next year? They just announced that. Like, what are your takeaways from Bristol? Obviously, you guys are feeling uh, pretty happy that you won some money. But as far as like no gambling involved, just like the racing at Bristol, what are your, what are your thoughts? Steve, you want to go first? Yeah, sure. I mean, it, it, to me, it's similar to like the how Martinsville race was. We've been struggling this year as far as the wagering goes. And um, we, past couple of weeks, turning it around, like I said before, it was enjoyable because we had some, you know, um, some wins going there. But when you look at Martinsville, it was very, uh, very boring and tedious, felt very long. But um, the race, obviously, the racing wasn't good in that one. Moving on to, to the dirt. Again, I thought I didn't think the racing was all that good. I, I'd really like to see the bottom line um, be able to utilize for passing more. There's a very top lane heavy. Uh, I wasn't ecstatic about how the track was prepared in the, in the beginning of the race. I, I heard it rained a little bit before, so it may not be all the, the track preparation, but um, I like the idea of them, of them being different. I'm just not totally sold on it yet. You, Phil? Yeah, I mean, I, I like I like the dirt because it's it's different, you know, it, it's um, you know, it's it's just not something you see every week. And it's special because it's like once a once a year, or, you know, twice a year for the trucks. But um, like like Phil was saying before we we recorded and it, it rings true, like Bristol on asphalt is one of my favorite races of the year. And it kind of takes one away. Um, so. I mean, I like it on dirt, but I like, I like having two Bristol on asphalt better. So if, if there's a, if there's a compromise out there, I'd, I'd be willing to give that a try. Just, you know, I just wish it wasn't Bristol that they were taking a date away from. Yeah. That, I mean, that's how I feel. Um, it, 
it doesn't make sense to me that they would take literally their best track other than the super speedways, uh, your best short track, I guess you could say, and basically change the race entirely when there are probably hundreds of tracks around the country that would love to put themselves under construction to host a cup race that it's a natural dirt track. Like that doesn't make sense to me. Um, I'm all for them. Like if they want to make an Easter Sunday race, like their thing, fine. You know what I mean? I don't know why it can't be Bristol concrete. Um, but if they really want to go after dirt, they're going to be, you know, they're going to have some things that need to change. Like the, the rain saved that race. If it didn't rain that, and it rained like the perfect amount to where it was like not completely downpouring. If it didn't rain, we were going to have a dust cloud like last year which was a joke. And that was, you know, a catastrophe. So the fact that that was even a possibility um, that was upsetting. And then the rain delay, the first one when Briscoe was leading and they're interviewing and it didn't look like they were going back to green. They're interviewing all the racers and they have no idea where they stand because the rules were not like, explained like even the commentators had no idea what was going on that was embarrassing i think from nascar's point of view so like you got to get your stuff together that that has less to do with bristol um and more about like nascar trying to do dirt you know what i mean if you're going to dip your toe in that water you, you got to be like all in you know what i mean no windshields have the rules figured out like have the dirt figured out so i'm interested i love the trucks at eldora it was like my favorite race of the year for the trucks but the cup is just different and, and they, I think they need to do a better job. Um, so that's my rant. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I, I didn't know if you guys like loved trucks, it. I thought the trucks was great on dirt. Um, and I, I'm not sure why, maybe just cause you know, Ben Rhodes, you know, could put the truck wherever he wanted and you know, he could pass in, in any lane and that was like super exciting, but um, yeah, the cup race, it just, you couldn't pass for the lead. I mean, you could, you could, get there um but you, you you know you need to be able to pass for the lead in my, in my opinion what what uh what good is that that's interesting right why what i felt like the truck race was a lot more competitive when it came to being able to move around and uh advanced position i mean in the cup race you saw if you started in the bottom lane on a restart you pretty much you just out of luck he couldn't go anywhere like larson did it i think he restarted in the bottom lane more than once and I, I, he just went backwards, and he's, he should be, uh, you know, the shining star when it comes to dirt racing. And he couldn't go anywhere in that lane. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we had we had Larson a, a couple different ways too, and I'm like, you know, I would I would check every time there was a caution. I'm like, great, he's in sixth, so he's going to be on the bottom. Great, he's in eighth, he's going to be on the bottom. You know, you just, it, you just had no no shot down there. It's. Super interesting too. I, I listened to the Jeff Glock's podcast and they, they went through the top 10 and they did the thing. The point they're trying to make was like everyone heading into it, it's like, oh, well, who has dirt experience? Who has dirt experience? Larson's the guy. Christopher Bell's the guy. And they went through the whole top 10 and they were like, dirt, no dirt, dirt, no dirt. And it was a five, five split of dirt background, no dirt background. So like, obviously the winner didn't have it. If the two didn't wreck each other, then yeah, that would have been a one, two dirt background finish. But um it's still like similar to last year, like, you know, all this hype around the dirt and still these guys, you know, we got to give them more credit. Like they are the best drivers in America for a reason. They're able to figure it out whether it's dirt or concrete or whatever. Um, 
But I think true dirt fans are going to say like, well, that's not really dirt. You need a real dirt track. And so um, there, there, there are things they, they came out, they said they're doing it again. So I'm hoping that with a year preparation this time with a, a full next gen car, you know, um, prep, hopefully it's better next year, but that's it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to keep harping on it. Um, I'm thrilled to be able to go to Talladega right after that, because whereas that was like totally unknown, Talladega is also unknown, but you know, it, it's, it's the devil we know. Um, so how are you guys feeling headed into Talladega? Are you, uh, you know, feeling confident after two straight outrights, uh, you know, feel like you could ride that momentum. I, I would say it's, it's hard to feel confident going into Talladega. Like you just, you never know how that's going to turn out until, you know, until the official scoring's done, you know, a half hour after the race, because <laughs> you're still sorting it out. You just, you just never know with Talladega, man. Anything can happen. And, you know, we, we saw it with, you know, at Daytona earlier this year, you know, we were on Blaney and everything was, was, you know, shipping up to be a great ending. And then, you know, it, it just, it's, it was a wild ending, just the wrong result. So you, you just, Talladega is so unknown, but I'm, I'm pumped up. I, I love watching super speedways though. Yeah, I do as well. I mean, um, I think I enjoy doing Talladega a little bit more than Daytona just because um, there's a little more of the, you know, of the track to work with. It's a little wider. Um, I feel like it's a little more easy to predict to an extent. You can, you can kind of kind of see the guys that have the better cars perform a little better. You, you always see like – I'm going to use the, the uh, Brendan Gone situation here. They, they perform very well at Daytona usually, but then I don't really see them doing all of that, you know, quite as well when you come to Talladega. We got to be, uh, it, it, it's it's not quite as, a, you know, a, a train, um, if you know what I mean, to, you know. Yeah, I, I think this is, I kind of said this in the, the intro um, before you guys hopped on, like, this is a sweet spot for the super speedways. There's three of them a year and, or sorry, four of them a year. And there's three of them that have other implications in some way, shape or form. We've got the 500, which is like, you know, obviously the, the, the creme de la creme, everybody wants to win the 500, you go down in history. Then you got the other Daytona race, which is the last race before the playoffs. So there's that element to it that plays a factor in the way the race unfolds. And then the second Talladega race is a playoff race. This is the only one that is just like, go out and race. You know what I mean? It's just like freewheeling. And you do get like nine races before to see kind of who is cooking this season and who's a lame duck. So it's a, I think this is a nice sweet spot for super speedways. I I really enjoy this race a lot. Um, So let's get to talking about some bets here. So we're going to go through the full tank face-off, which um, is, you know, first time listening and you're not used to this, uh, this gimmick. We're going to talk head-to-head matchups. And uh, with you guys being the guests, and there's two of you, you guys will get two uh, picks. And the way that this works is you're going to choose a matchup and you get to choose the winning driver in that matchup. And I get stuck with the other guy. And then I will make a pick 
uh, of my own. So at the end, we will have three matchups that we'll be talking about, and, and I'll put the, the bad Photoshop graphic out there for people to vote on on Instagram. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see what unfolds. I mean, the super speedways are tough with this one. You could, <laughs> we could just look at this till our eyes bleed as far as like making the right choice and it could still go wrong. So, you know, there's a little uh, grain. We have to take this with a grain of salt, but it's still fun to, to look at. So um, talking head to heads, they just released the, the long list of them, um, at least on DraftKings, about like two hours ago, which was great. Um, to be able to talk about them. So are you guys ready? I, I, I little birdie told me you guys were kind of unsure about, you know, <laughs> what you guys were going to do when you're looking at the lines with each other. So uh, how are you guys feeling? I, I uh, I'm going to let Steve go first. Uh, number one. Um, and, and you beat us last time. I, I don't, I don't know if you swept us, but, but you beat, you beat us. So we owe you one. We owe you one. So we, we, uh, <laughs> This is the uh, the Speedway Steve Redemption Tour. I'm coming off my first loss of the year. We've done it a few times this year. I'm coming off an absolute ass kicking. I lost uh, three nothing last week, Ooh. so I'm out for yeah. I'm out for some personal revenge. Um, so I, I don't want to go zero and two here in the last two weeks. So uh, yeah, we we both got something, or all three of us have something to to, to fight for here. Uh, so yeah, so Steve. Phil's putting you on the hot seat to go first here. Tough spot. Um, do you have a matchup that you want to talk about? Any Anybody that you like? I do. Um, I appreciate the pressure to just kick the game, kick things off. But there's, there's one I'm looking at that I've been eyeballing that they, since they released, and it's going to be Brad Kozlowski over Kevin Harvick. Um, I'm going to kind of piggyback off the uh, RFK team success that they had and especially the dual races at Daytona. And we know how good Brad Kozlowski is here um, at the plate. Tra- I'm, not, I'm still calling them plate tracks. I know. Forgive me. <laughs> but, um, I just, Brad is just so good at, at being smart and working the draft. And um, I'm just looking, he's got the, uh, in the last six races, he's got a, a driver, uh, you know, third best rating and driver average. Uh, and I, Kevin Harvick doesn't really strike me as a guy that handles the uh, super speedway races all that well. So give me uh, Brad, Brad Kelly on my hand in that one. All right. So this was a this is a fun one for me to comment on because out of you know each race, I have three guys that I call out as uh, people I like to win the race outright, and I have both of them actually um, as guys that I have circled for more of a longer shot. Uh, you know, I kind of broke the stats down uh, previously, but I can't argue with Kozlowski because obviously I made a case earlier for him uh, to win. So let me talk about Harvick again. You know, it's why I think I, you know, he has a shot here. One, I also think when I hear Harvick, like he's not a super speedway guy, but he's, actually not too shabby like if you're looking at his numbers four top tens in his last 10 races at talladega last year he finished fourth and eighth um you know his fall driver rating was 116 like you know three of the last eight races he's had a driver rating over 100 like that shocked me when i saw that so uh, i took harvick for that and a couple other uh reasons uh to win the race because of 
just like the longer odds, looking for more of a, a long shot. Um, Kozlowski, everything he said reigns true. He's got the stats here. I guess if I'm cheering against them, the thing I'm rooting for is the fact that that team just has not had it together. Obviously, Daytona, they did. They ran really well there, but their season has been uh, shit since then. So, um, you know, in this matchup, uh, be hoping that that reigns uh, supreme here for them and, and Harvick can just kind of mind his P's and Q's finish in the, you know, nine to 14 range and, and call that a win. So uh, I don't hate the matchup. It's like I said, interesting. Uh, you took two guys who I was calling out to, to win, but um, yeah, I don't know. Phil, any commentary on uh, either one of those guys? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm not a huge Kez fan. In fact, I, I was, I was trying to fade him when I was talking to Steve earlier. Um, I mean, I, I like, I like Kez cause that's who, that's who my cousin works for now. But uh, like you said, they just, they just haven't had their stuff together. And um, I, you know, I, I, they finished, I think ninth at Daytona and it was like his best finish of the year, but he wrecked half the field to get it. So I, I have no idea. So I'm going to root for Brad because that's what we've got in this face off, but I probably won't have any real money staked on it. Okay. Understandable. I that's fair. I, yeah. I, I like, I like where RFK is headed the past couple of weeks. So we'll see how it stacks up. Um, I think it made a little bit of a turn in the right direction. Busher has been better. Uh, Brad's been, was better last week and a little better at Marinsville, even, even Richmond. So we'll see which side there uh, prevails. Yeah. I mean, I, I want to go on record as saying like, I'm cheering for RFK um, because of the risks that he took, like to do what he did. I, I want to see people like that rewarded in NASCAR. Um kind of similar to like Hamlin starting a new team. Like I want to see them succeed because it just brings more energy um, to it. I, I, as a gambler, other than super speedways, like I can't find myself betting on Brad um, for the rest of this year, just because he hasn't proven it. Like, yeah, he's getting better, but like he, his odds have not been favorable to finish even like top 10 as the gambler. Like he's minus money to finish top 10. And like, that's not, it's, it's not the, the bet I want to take. So I'm rooting for him. Um, but you know, it, it's going to be tough when we get back to the, the cookie cutters, you know what I mean? And it, it's tough. Cause we, we've been fooled by Brad a couple of times this year. Like, like at Martinsville, I, I think he had, you know, before this year, he had 10 out of 12 top five finishes there in the last you know six years or whatever so you know his old track history just you can't lean on it, it it's it's something completely new but he is always a threat at the at the super so hopefully hopefully that works out yeah I, I used to say like we're gonna find out pretty quick if it's the vehicle that did all those uh stats or was it Kozlowski and it ends up being neither because <laughs> Cindric's not lighting the world on fire either <laughs> Uh, at all those tracks that he has those uh, big numbers. But, um, yeah, all right. So, anyway, first pick, you guys have Kozlowski. I'll take Harvick as the the leftover in that one. Um, the matchup that I had circled was actually, speaking of, this is an RFK-heavy uh, segment here because I like Chris Busher this week. Um, Busher is heading – 
up against Ross Chastain. So I'll comment on uh, uh, both of them, but Busher, when we go to these super speedways, uh, I think I had him at Daytona in some capacity. Uh, he's a factor. Like he, he's not a, a ride in the back, like lame duck guy. Like he's, he's a factor. Um, his average finish in the last 10 races at Talladega is ninth out of everyone in NASCAR, two top tens in his last uh, 10 finishes. But uh, really in the last four races, that's where he's kind of shined. I mean, he's uh, been in the stage points, you know, he's collecting stage points in these last four races or so he won stage one twice in the last three races. So that tells you like he's up front, you know what I mean? And, and if you're up front, you're potentially out of the, the craziness in the back. Um, you know, two sixth place finishes in the last four races. So, uh, driver rating, you know, very good, uh, recently 103.9, uh, last race, 50% of the time he's in the top 20. So I know we're not loving that stat, but, and that's for his full career. Um, so in this matchup, I think that if you're in the top 20, that's, uh, good enough for a win because Ross Chastain, his best finish is 12th average finish 22.7. Now I know he's on a new team and a lot of those races that were going off those stats, you know, were not, um, good equipment like, uh, Ganassi or, or what we're seeing this year with, with track house. But, um, he finished dead last at Daytona, got caught up in some stuff and, uh, it is what it is, but his green flag speed wasn't even that great you know, when he was running. So uh, I wouldn't consider Chastain a, a super speedway guy. I consider Busher a super speedway guy. So uh, like I said, if, if Busher can keep it in the top 20, I think he has it. Um, so what are you guys' initial thoughts on that? Well, I'm so glad well, you, you selected this matchup because Phil is going to have a great defense on this one. So I'll let him take the range. <laughs> Listen, Phil, uh, I was going to take – Ross over Busher as, as my next pick. So Holy cow. Is, so I screwed myself. Okay. Is, <laughs> so this is working out, but um, I think, I think the the stats don't tell you the true story about Ross. Um, even when he was in like mediocre equipment last year, um, like with Ganassi, um, he was, he was racy. I mean, he, you know, he was leading laps. Um, uh, he, he navigates through the pack. Well, in my opinion, he's like ultra aggressive. He's kind of like, like a poor man's Denny Hamlin coming through, through traffic, I think. And you're always going to get, you know, 200% effort from that guy. And um, I think with the addition this year of, of um, you know, the new car and everything, it's an even playing field. Um, so I, I really look for Ross to be impressive again. I mean, he was impressive on, on road courses and he wasn't thought of as a, a road course guy. You know, you look up and he's, he's in the top five at, at Martinsville and you're like, where did he come from? And the answer to that is on pit road um, track house. Him and Suarez are ranked number one in, in almost every metric for pit road data on and off crude time, everything. So um you know, Ross isn't losing spots on pit road this year. He's gaining some, or, you know, he's at least staying even. So I like Ross for a ton of reasons and I can't wait to see him 
on Sunday. I, I'm, I'm pumped up. I'm glad we got Ross. Well, so I'll, I'll rebuttal that uh, a little bit. I mean, the pit road stuff. Yeah. I mean, you can't argue success on pit road. If this is a race that comes down to, you know, a caution or, or anything, even if these guys aren't running um, towards the front, you know, pit road could be a, a factor for them to win this matchup. Um, you mentioned the being able to pass guys. Um, to me, that's actually a, a point in Busher's favor because the average pass differential, that's like average cars pass versus getting passed. Uh, Busher is, is five uh, to the good, whereas Ross is, you know, minus 2.7, I believe. Uh, no, minus 2.0 um, on average pass differential. So I would argue that, you know, Busher has the advantage in that category, being able to make his way through the field. Um because, you know, he's not blessed with the greatest starting positions uh, <laughs> historically. True. So True. Um, I, I like it. I like how we're both on, on the different side of this one, and it should be interesting. Um, I was nervous yeah. taking Busher because of how Ross has been hot this year. Uh, you know, that in itself can breed success, but um, this is a different monster. So I have not yeah. seen anything from Ross that, that stands out to me here. Now he did win, you know, at a super speedway in Xfinity and he was second in Atlanta, which was, you know, pack racing. So I, uh, I'm going to cross my go. fingers and, and hope he comes home. I, there you go. But, you know, I think, I think your reasoning is good as well. I mean, you know, Busher is, is no slouch on the supers. I need, I needed a reason to take Busher. I mean, I, I like him um, top 10 for, uh, whatever number they're putting him out right now uh, to look it up. But, you know, Busher at these races, I, I just need him in some capacity. So if it's just this, if I just have him in this face off, uh, especially since this is a contested one, I, I like it. So uh, mark me down. So this is a fun one. Um, You're in. Now I'm anxious to see <laughs> since you, I'm giving you what you wanted. What are you going to give me for uh, the last one here? Well, now I have to pivot. So, Steve, you're probably not going to be happy about this, buddy. But we're going to be uh, we're going to be stuck with Daniel Suarez over Justin Haley. Um, I, I I'm kind of leaning on that pit road data a little bit here, um, and you know Trackhouse's newfound speed. Like th they're doing things this year that that you know are outside of the box for them. Like it's it's not unnatural this year to see you know, Ross and Daniel Suarez in the top five or, you know, being racy for the lead. Like, you know, Suarez was, was super competitive at, at Coda too. And, you know, he'd broken down, you know, a zillion times on road courses prior. So it's just, we're seeing track house, um, you know, mark all these boxes that they, they had marked before. I mean, they're just, it just seems like they're, they're really well prepared. Like they, they did the most with the off season out of everybody. And um, I mean, it, they've, they've got some swagger this year. I think maybe, you know, maybe Suarez might be the next guy to win his first race. And then on the opposite side with Haley, you know, he, he's, you know, got this, this moniker that he's a super speedway ace. Um, but, you know, I just, I haven't seen anything from him this year. Uh, you know, he ran top 15 last week. Who cares? It was Bristol, but, you know, on pit road, Again, um, 
his team has been statistically the worst him and dinger and they've just been awful on on pit road like in the in the 30s ranked so i'm just going to kind of lean on that and and this is just more of a bet on track house than than suarez interesting steve before i comment do you love it do you hate it are you in between your final pick for your, for your guys side here i am i'm okay with it it's, it's not one that i would go out and say that i'm definitely gonna like lay down the hammer on but uh i was definitely disappointed with the way that Haley ran in obviously daytona they had the wheel issue so you can't really judge it too well based off of that but there's there's that there's definitely been some weeks where aj Almonding has been in that that uh that call it car and they just they, they've been no shows and it's it's like Phil said with the pit with the pit with pit road stuff, you can kind of kind of tell where the team's performance is based off of that. Because you know, the the top tier teams seem to have good times on pit road, and the lower tier teams seem to struggle. So if that's the case, they could be struggling in other areas as well. So I I, I like where Trackhouse is as well. I like where, where Suarez has been. He was he also was uh, near the top. I believe he was in a top five, maybe top six um at atlanta which is kind of again play uh, draft drafting uh, racing so um good signs for uh suarez here i, I agree with phil so i looked at this matchup earlier and you know when i was just kind of perusing through the the list of of different matchups and i gave it a, a quick look and i was like hmm that's interesting you know, I don't, I don't think I would touch that. Um, so now that I'm forced to dive into it, I, I will say the first thing is Daniel Suarez. I cannot nail down. Like I, I cannot get him right. And I feel like he is a guy who like when the race is happening, Early on in the race, he's there and the commentators are all talking him up and it's like, wow. And as a gambler, I can remember multiple times this year saying, God damn it. Why didn't I bet on Suarez? Like, what the hell? And then you look back and he's just not getting the finishes. So he's not a finisher. Like I, I, I could be mistaken. I, I don't know what his average finishes this year, but like, I feel like he runs well and then fades. Um, so for that reason, my eyes would shift to who is he up against in this matchup? Now, earlier when I looked at it, I was like, oh, Justin Haley, mm, mm, I'm not going to play this at all. Uh, but Haley. So now that I'm, I'm stuck with him, I'll, I'll try to put something together here. I guess my argument, my defense of Justin Haley in this matchup is where Suarez is like slightly better um haley's or where suarez is better it's like only slightly better like for example green flag speed at daytona we didn't really have much to go off of with justin but like he was dismal 34th in green flag speed well suarez was like 28th like right above then you look at atlanta you mentioned atlanta steve um suarez was one two three four five six seven eight Justin Haley's 11th. Like he's right there. 
So the, the, the fact that if you were to throw these two guys up on a wall and say like super speedway, who you got, I'd have to say Haley because he's proven it in a lot of different other ways. You got a rain shortened win. I believe it was Daytona. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, he's, he's proven that he can run super speedways. There's a reason why people think that he's good there. He, he finished 11th in the 77 car at Talladega in the past. His stats at Talladega are dismal in four starts, but that's because he was in, you know, some junk, um, a couple 30th and aboves, but 11th place finish in a, in a you know, JV car um, is inspiring. And you mentioned the, the wheel at Daytona. I think a lot of people had their eyes on Haley to start the season at Daytona. And when that wheel flew off, that dashed a lot of money. And, you know, it definitely hurt that team because they've been in a tailspin since. Like they have not performed. You mentioned AJ. AJ's been the guy at that race shop. And he's not even a full-time driver. Like they've got to been, you know, talking just up. Like you just relax. Here's your shot. Let's do it. So they didn't really get a fair shake because of the the wheel coming off. Uh, I think we're going to see Justin Haley and, and that team, that colleague racing team, kind of perform. We got Hemrick in the car, the other one, the, the 16. Uh, I think, you know, both of them have decent super speedway experience. So kind of riding together, sharing notes, whatever you want to say. Um, so I don't hate getting stuck with Haley, if you can't tell. Um, I, I don't trust Suarez. I said it last week at Bristol, you know, Bristol dirt until he proves that he's worth that hype that he got after the first time there. And I don't think he did prove that he was worth that hype. So until he proves he's good enough to be on a super speedway, I'm going to go with uh, Haley. So I don't hate it. I'm not fretting this one. Um, Any take on, on any of that stuff with Haley? Um, No, I mean, you're, you're right. It's, it's, it's kind of a coin flip. And I, I, we see that in the price, you know, one ten aside, um, you know, and anything can happen. So, I mean, Haley's got the the pedigree from Xfinity Suarez is kind of like the, the, you know, feel good story this year. So um, it, it, the bookmakers knew what they were doing, putting these two guys in a matchup. And it's, it's certainly not one you would see, you know, anywhere else. So it's, it's kind of cool. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's a new one. So, I'm, I'm happy to get down on it. Yeah, I don't have a whole lot more else to add to it, honestly. Um, we know Suarez hasn't been the greatest super speedway racer uh, in his career, unfortunately. But there's, there's other um, examples of that where he hasn't really been uh, up to where maybe where his performance standards should be. But this year he's kind of taken a step forward. So hopefully that uh, translates over to this weekend at the plate um, at Talladega. Great. So to recap, then the the picks and the the face off, the battles here. We've got um, you guys have Kozlowski. I've got Harvick. You guys have Chastain. I have Busher, and you guys have Suarez, and I have Haley. So I was just doing some some clicking around, and thank. God, DraftKings is the only one that I know out there that allows you to do parlays. If you like either one of us, 
right? If you, if you love either one of our sides, if you parlay the three picks into a, a three-leg parlay, no matter which one you go with, uh, you would end up with a plus 595 value there. So 10 bucks wins you around like 60 bucks, um, just about. So that, uh, you know, if you're, if you're liking either side and you sweep could end up uh, some good chunk of change there. So uh, pretty good. I, I don't mind that. And that the reason for that is because everybody's even odds minus 110. They're, they're so tough to predict at Talladega, like you guys mentioned. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm good with our fantasy team there. I, I like it. I like it. <laughs> so let me then shift gears, I guess, uh, or, or maybe not uh, totally. Any other head to heads out there that kind of strike you a, a certain way or, or anything that you didn't get a chance to mention as far as head to heads before I ask you about any other bets? Um, no, that, that was about it. I'm, I'm kind of looking around to see who else has any posted. Um, and it's mostly just those, those featured matchups that we'll, we'll see everywhere. So I'm good for now until we, until we do a little more research. I'm interested in one and it's Kyle Bush versus Kyle Larson. And I want to get your thoughts, full tank Phil, on Kyle Bush winning this matchup against Kyle Larson. Cause do you think Kyle Larson is going to kind of be a step up this year on the plate tracks because we know that in the past he's not really been a guy to excel in, in this area. And we just saw Kyle Bush win last week. So we could see that momentum riding forward again this weekend. So Larson, my prediction for Larson is he <laughs> DraftKings is actually letting you bet on uh, who's going to win the poll. I could see Larson like winning the poll. I could see him up front early. I could see him leading laps, logging laps towards the front, but I, I can't see him finishing the race. Like he, he just, I mean, historically eight races, zero top 10 finishes. That's crazy for someone that is like a monster in the sport, the defending champion. Um, so I, I can't trust him in that sense. Uh, if that makes sense. I mean, I think he'll start really well. He'll be a factor early. Anyone who doesn't take him, you know, in this matchup or uh, maybe to win the race, people would be like, damn, let me live bet Lars. Uh, yeah. Kyle Larson to win the race. I think that'd be a mistake. I think it's expected that he'll be up front early. Um, and if he's not, and he's like, you know, in the mix, right. And all the craziness, then that's even worse. So uh, I like Kyle Bush in this matchup just by default. Um, and like you said, the momentum coming off of this, a race that he had no business winning. He even commented that uh, he didn't have any business winning that race. That's all playing with house money. So, and, and his stats aren't um, awful, you know, compared to the field. So I, I don't mind in the Kyle bowl. I don't mind Bush over Larson. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I, I'm just now noticing that you're allowed to bet on the driver to win the pole position. Which I think is uh, a lot of fun to do this week. Normally they don't give us that option. And uh, how do you not go with a hundred cards and win the pole at a super speedway, right? Absolutely. And that's where my head's at. I, I would take Bowman or yeah. Anybody in that stable 
you can't go wrong with because they they just clean up. I mean, at least at Daytona, it's well documented. I'd have to look into the, the Talladega numbers, but yeah, Hendrick on a super speedway pole, it's like bread and butter. William Byron plus one thousand on the pole. Uh, I might just bet that right now. <laughs> we know how good William Byron is in qualifying, right? I think he's one. He he might be the best qualifier in the Cup Series. Yeah, that that feels good. Ten to one. That feels real good. Um, yeah, I, this is the first time I remember seeing this this year. The the bet to win the poll. I, I don't remember them having this for even the five hundred. So. Um, Maybe they did and I missed it or, or didn't comment on it. But yeah, there are some other names. And, and here you go. This this actually proves my point about Larson. His odds right now to win the poll are plus 600. His odds to win the race are plus 1600. Like he's way, he's second favorite or tied for the favorite to win the poll way down the list to win the race. That exactly is what I was trying to say a second ago. Um, he'll be up front early and then not be able to, to get job done. So um yeah I, I like the the polls stenhouse i could see being a a good pick to you know long shot to win the poll plus 1400 is the number um because he seems to qualify well sometimes at these tracks so uh cool little cool little add on there by DraftKings. they did a good job yeah I, if you get one of those so that's that's a really good start to the weekend <laughs> oh could you imagine it's like hitting the yeah. truck race win you know what i mean you're playing with playing Bingo. with money from there um, I wanted to get your opinion on, on one other matchup, uh, that I had coming in. Actually, I'll, I'll try to be quick. I had two that kind of struck me and, and I'll get you guys quick takes. First is Cole Custer, uh, over Harrison Burton. I think Harrison Burton is just not, he, he he's overmatched and Cole Custer, you know, his numbers are not too shabby. Um, he, he's only had four races. I'm trying to pull his lines up here that I just had out. Uh, where did you go? Here he is. Last two races, he has a 10th place finish and a 13th place finish. Um, even his first start was a 22nd. I think any of those, you finish at any of those spots, and I think you're going to beat Harrison Burton this week. Um, his drive ratings have been uh, actually relatively decent for, for Cole. So, any like his average driver innings 86.9 that's that's not bad at all um green flag speed was was decent at um daytona no no i'm misremembering that i'm i'm sorry driver rating at talladega is where he's in the top five so that tells you that you know he's driving the car well maybe didn't get the finishes in four starts harrison burn being a rookie big track overmatched that's my take what do you guys think uh, I think the last time we were at a super didn't, didn't Harrison end up upside down. So, you know, maybe he's got some, maybe he's got some, some ghosts he's going to have to chase out of his head too. But I, yeah, I mean, you, you got to go with Custer. He's, he's a grinder. I mean, um, he's a veteran, you know, now, which is kind of weird to say, but yeah, if, if I had to, to pick one there for sure, it's going to be Custer. Full transparency for me, DraftKings actually opened up lines and for about five to ten minutes. There were some extremely long ones, and Harrison Burton was, was one of the ones I got at plus 8,000 to win outright. But that was because he, he was running well at Daytona, but then, like you said, he kind of went upside down. He didn't finish the race, and that's kind of been a recurring theme for him this year. 
I've seen him run well in practice, run well sometimes even during the race, but he kind of, he doesn't finish races. He gets caught up in something. He, something always seems to go wrong with Harrison Burton. He just hasn't put that season together yet. He's, he's a rookie. He's still figuring things out. Cole Custer, very good past couple weeks. He's, uh, He's getting, he's getting a lot better as the season's gone on this year. And uh, I, I, I absolutely agree that he's probably the, the guy to go with the matchup there. Yep. That makes me feel good. Makes me feel uh, validated there. Because uh, you're right. I mean, I didn't even mention that. Cole's been performing well recently, which is good to see. Um, good to see for SHR, too. Like, uh, you know, that stable needed a rebound season. It seems like they have it. Um Last, last head-to-head, and then I'll open it up for any other bets that you guys have um, that you wanted to talk about. But I, I found this interesting. Bubba Wallace, uh, kind of a buzzword now at Talladega. Um, he's going up against Austin Sindrick. No, who did I just see him up against? What the hell am I looking at? Someone against Denny. No, he's going – I got him against Austin Sindrick. So my thoughts okay. here are Sindrick, obviously, you know, won the 500, but at the same time, we talked about Brad and the two car being good at different racetracks. Well, you know, Talladega is one of them and he proved that he could get it done on a super speedway. Uh, meanwhile, Bubba rain shortened win, good for him, but in, I think eight starts, uh, that's his only top 10 finish. You know, that that's weird to me. He, he seems like a guy who's there a lot, but I don't know why uh, he doesn't have more like better outcomes. Maybe it's Daytona that he's better at. He finished second at Daytona this year, for example. So maybe he's just better at Daytona and he doesn't get the finishes at uh, Talladega. What are you guys' thoughts on that one? Do we want to not play that or do you guys have a take on Bubba? Uh, I'm okay fading Bubba in any market you want to this weekend. Um I think, you know, uh, recency bias is going to be huge. So he won whatever the asterisks at Talladega and that, you know, the rain shortened thing. He finished second at Daytona this year. So like you said, he's a buzzword. So I think you fade that, that kind of stuff. Like this is like a fade the public kind of thing in, in NASCAR. So, you know, if he's, he's getting a lot of buzz, I'm going the other way. So, you know, uh, I like Cindric. I like him on the, the supers. I mean, he won at Daytona. Um, I don't mind running it back. So yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take Cindric there. Here's my thoughts on Bubba Wallace when it comes to play uh, super speedways. I think Bubba Wallace is a guy that you kind of want to play an outright on, but I don't trust him at all in head to head matchups where you got a late minus one ten, because Bubba Wallace knows these are the type of weekends where he has to win if he wants to make the playoffs. So if he's going to, if there's a guy that's going to risk it all to try and get a race win, it's going to be Bubba because he's probably, he knows that this is kind of his only chance to get in. So that's kind of where I stand on Bubba. I don't mind that take. Um, so, so we would lay the plus 1400, hoping that, you know, that, I'll call any of these race winners a, a long shot. I mean, the, the favorite's plus 1000. Um, plus fourteen hundred to win because of that mentality, but head to head minus one ten, not worth it. Um, I could I could see that. I like that. So, 
enough with the head to heads then uh, I'm just going to open it up to you guys. Like any other plays that you like, whether it's an outright pick or uh, a top 10 or, you know, any other finishing positions, anything that strikes you as a, a play that is worthwhile. Um, Steve, you want to go first or. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've kind of already gotten, I think I'm done with my outrights because as I mentioned, there was a lot of, initial value within about the first 10 to 20 minutes of the lines opening uh it, it went away really quick so we couldn't even like post the, you know the out rates i i have and just in my my pool I, we got todd gilland at plus uh it was 300 to one before it went down to 100 to one um yeah so that that got adjusted pretty quickly daniel hemrick uh was 500 to one for about five minutes before that move to 100 to one. I, I couldn't even get that one in because I was checking to see what car I was driving. <laughs> so that's I'll split it with you. I, I, I did get it in. I'll split it with you, Steve. Excellent. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. But the, <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> if I were to look at the lines right now, um, I would probably have to go with somebody like I don't. At, at 90 to one there we I, ty dylan's been extremely good his average uh finish at talladega for the past four events is 10.5 driver rating is 83 we know he's probably going to um be smart he's very good at finishing races as uh, indicated in an average finish so I, I like his chances there at 90 to one Maybe, maybe even like a top 10 for him because uh, we know how good he is at uh, just keeping it clean all day. I'm, I'm riding with you on the top 10. That's one that I, I called out. He's plus 350 to finish in the top 10 on Barstool, which is the top 10 uh, Mecca. So, yeah, I, I, I love Ty Dillon on these tracks. Uh, I was telling Phil earlier, you know, when he signed back up, finally got another cup ride. I was like, thank God I can bet Ty Dillon four times a year. Like <laughs> I love watching him on these races. Um, yeah. And just the, the first, the first couple bets I made besides those long shots. So I, I took, <laughs> you're going to love it, Phil. I took Ross at uh, 33 to one <laughs> and yeah. And then I took, um, I took Blaney at, at 10 to one. Um, I think he's, I think you can find 11 to one out there too, but uh, I just Blaney's got to win one of these at some point and I don't want to miss it. So it's a little bit of, a little bit of FOMO here, you know, fear of missing out. So I had to put in my, my weekly Ryan Blaney ticket. So those are the, the two that, that I, I jumped on. Yeah. I, I can't argue with Blaney at all. I didn't call Blaney out as one of my outrights on the podcast, but you know, I, I think I, I even said like, I, We'll definitely be throwing some money down on them. Um, just not putting my stamp on them for the, the pod, but he'd be silly not to. I mean, like you said, he's due and this is one of his best tracks. So um, it's tough to have one of these super speedways as your best track, but uh, it may not be hundred percent statistically his best track, but he's up there, man. So I, I think the number is pretty good. Plus one thousand. This is just, this, this is wild. So I'm looking at, at those, those barstool, Sugar House odds. There's only three drivers for for a top ten finish that are are minus money, which is nuts. Like you know, last week it was half the field. So this week, it, you know, you can get plus money on you know thirty 
four other guys or 36 other guys. That is, that is wild. You could take whatever, you know, let's say you're going to spend 20 units on this race and get, you know, I don't know what's normal for, for anybody out there to, to spend, but let's, let's call it 10 units. You could have so much fun spreading around like half of those just on top 10 bets because you're going to get damn good value. And you could, you know, if you went 10 for 10, my God, like you would clean up. So that may be an option for someone. Like if you're too shook on the outrights, like, Oh, it's so damn hard to choose. Like top tens. This is how it should be. Like these odds are what we should see on every sports book. So I'm, I'm thrilled that we're getting it. Yeah. You can get a guy like Austin Dillon plus plus one seventy. That's, that's awesome. Like that's really good value. You can get, I think Hemrick was, three three fifty it's just so all your listeners if you don't have a bar stool or sugar house account go get one it's worth it just for this market alone yeah i i said that last week uh, you know i said like i i'm not affiliated with barstool whatsoever please and and someone sent me a message like yeah dude like yeah right you're not you're not getting anything on the side i'm like what what <laughs> i'm just trying to just trying to help people out man like <laughs> this is this is the best possible thing like Almarola plus 120 he's got seven top tens in his last 10 races like what are we talking about here why would you not want a piece of that you know what I mean it reminds so, me of the, the like the wild west days like the the first couple weeks of the top 20s at DraftKings when you could just get silly numbers that's oh, that's what this feels like I miss those top 20s I I must have half a mind to like bother them again I, I was like messaging them through the support like every week last week about something um just like to pick their brain <laughs> and I, I haven't done it in a while so I, I might have to be like what's up with these top 20s like when when they coming back because they were the best like absolutely awesome until they until they fix their algorithm <laughs> yeah yeah and they, they probably got taken for a ride and then they said you know what we're done with this yeah, and that, yeah. and that is exactly why I think they may not be coming back because they're really kind of like the only book to offer that market. And I think they're getting beat up pretty bad because they weren't juicing the numbers enough. Yeah. Yeah, I just miss the creative. I mean, Barstool's definitely, I give them props. I have planned, you know, for this, uh, this year to kind of uh, take some time and do like a full review, like on all of the books, at least the ones that I have access to um and like kind of rank them but you know is DraftKings the one you guys use like what what's your go-to book in the you guys are both in the state of new jersey right so yeah um what what book do you guys use most of the time i would say for me the big three are uh DraftKings is probably the default because they are the first to market um so you can kind of get an idea of of what's coming uh the sugar house bar stool simply for those, those top 10 markets. And then also MGM uh, for like truck and Xfinity, they normally lead the way with top five and, you know, head to head pricing over there. So I think each one of those three, if, if you have those three, you can kind of pick apart and pick and choose your spots and, and be profitable that way. Cause in, in NASCAR, it, you, it is so important to shop. It's not like this this basketball game with the Heat versus the Hawks, where you know everybody had it minus seven or minus seven and a half, and it was, you know, everybody pretty much agreed. But in NASCAR, 
you can catch some huge disparity between the books and really capitalize on on price. So that way, you know, you can kind of um, like last year we were up 131 units, but our hit rate was 41%. So we weren't even picking at you know 50-50, but we were 130 units to the good. So that just shows how important it is to price shop. Exactly. That's well said. So, yeah, I, I kind of and, and, agree with everything Phil just said. I kind of just use all three books and just pick the best price. I mean, unfortunately, FanDuel was a little a little limited when it comes to uh, certain things. Usually, the, the, they're the last ones that drop prices. Um, but yeah, I just look at now. Fi- God, whatever's best is uh, where I go pretty much. Uh, you can get some unique matchups depending on what you're looking for, book to book. Just uh, pick your spots is like, like Phil said. And uh, like FanDuel, so they're really limited on head to head, like Steve said, but normally their outright uh, prices are the best in the market, like, uh, like up top towards the the favorites. And then, you know, MGM is good for outright win totals for like longer shot guys. So you kind of, you know, you can kind of see each book, um, their, their pricing algorithm differs in different ways so you, you just you got to kind of know where to you know where to take that that long shot you go to mgm where to take that favorite for chalk you can go to fandle and DraftKings for everything in between yeah it's it's definitely worth your time to to do that i mean it, it brings me back to a, a buddy of mine who i work with um a couple of these guys they started a a side gig called odds library where it basically mm. does this for you. And, you know, you could search, they started with college football and basketball and, you know, they knew that I'm into NASCAR. They kept telling me like, yeah, dude, we're going to get the NASCAR lines. We're going to get the NASCAR lines. Um, unfortunately, their, their side gig got a little derailed. One of them joined uh, working for FanDuel. So they told that guy <laughs> he couldn't do this anymore, uh, actually. So I think it's a little bit more on pause than uh, it was when they were hot and heavy. Um, but that's exactly what we're talking about here is like you go, to, you know, it's a perfect site. You know, you go to a, a spot, you, you say, you, all right, I want uh, Ryan Blaney outright. And it tells you who the best book is for that bet. Like that's exactly what we're looking for. Yeah. I don't want to, you know, um, like rain on on your buddy's parade we use a tool called oddsboom.com and it, it is a it is a pay site i think it's 15 dollars a month or something but like you said it shops it for you so you know you can choose what what books you want it to look at and then it'll it'll show you the price for all of them which is which is pretty sweet yeah it, it nascar is one of the tougher ones i think to uh actually shop because like you said it's not as black and white as the the you know stick and ball sports where it's like okay what's the line what's the spread what's the over under like you're not going to get much difference but there's so many different ways to bet nascar um which is why you know that makes it more uh difficult to shop you know if you're if you're not willing to do that so great mm-hmm. yeah good stuff good stuff Love it. Uh, go ahead oh uh, no i just i agree with you it's it's and and you can even um sometimes you can catch things where you can bet both sides like there was a um, a matchup, I think in Xfinity a couple weeks ago where you could bet, uh, I think it was Brandon Jones against Brandon Brown. Is that right? Jeremy Clements, I believe. Oh yeah. Yep. Brandon Jones against Jeremy Clements. So, 
Um, like MGM had um, Jeremy Clements plus 400 in that matchup. And then Sugar House had it where Brandon Jones was minus 450. So you could do some math there and make, I think it was nine and a half percent on your money by betting both sides. So NASCAR is, it really is the wild west. You can, you can find all kinds of crazy, crazy ways to profit. Absolutely. My cousin, Greg, he's been on the pod a few times. He's, he's uh, huge on that stuff. Like when he spots that, you know, he's, he's all over. He's texting me like <laughs> free money. <laughs> like, here it <laughs> yep. is. Yep. Um, it got me, got me banned from Caesars last year with a, a truck matchup. They, they made a really, really bad thing. I think they had grant and finger plus two ten in a head to head. And the other side was minus one ten. I was like, Oh boy. So, uh, that I, I can't play at Caesars anymore now, but it was worth it. <laughs> yeah. Well, any other so, uh, any other bets that you guys have uh, to mention before we we wrap it up here? I'm I'm pretty good for right now. I think I I, um, I, I like that that uh, Hemrick top ten at plus three fifty. Not for you know any huge amount, but like pizza money. I, I like that. Pizza money. I like that. <laughs> I like that yeah. phrase. Um, well, like you said, it's earlier in the week, so a lot more, uh, things to kind of digest and, and, you know, see how these guys, uh, get to the track, see what they're tweeting out. They're feeling like, um, so again, as you guys, uh, put out your picks, obviously the best place to find you is at speedway, Steve two on Twitter, right? That's the, that's the go-to place. You guys will post your stuff as the week goes on and, um, and then give me the, the other ones again, you know, you'll be on a pod on Friday. Um, the, the degenerate pod, right? Yes. We, uh, we record on Friday nights, um, at the absolute sports betting degeneracy pod and you can search it on Spotify or Apple music or anything like that. And it's Steve and I just, just, going down the whole card for Xfinity trucks, everything. So that's us. Perfect. Yep. That's where we get all three series done there. Trucks, Xfinity cup. And uh, hopefully by that point, we uh, will hash things out and figure out what our consensus is. We might agree on something by then. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) Well, we'll see. uh, We'll see how you guys uh, end up agreeing on, you know, those bets and then we'll see how, you guys fair in the, the face off here with me and um, see if you can get the, see, put me Oh, and two in the last two weeks, get some revenge. So we'll see. I, I'm dejected that I took the guy that you were going to give me. That is like going to keep me up tonight uh, with the Chastain, but <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see. It'll be fun. We'll see. Uh, I'll put the poll out there. See if anybody agrees uh, one way or the other with uh, either side. So guys, any other uh, closing words here? No, I just, I, again, Phil, I, I really look forward to doing this with you and I appreciate you. You having us on, man, you are just incredible for the NASCAR community. You've done so much and uh, I can't thank you enough for, for having us on. I echo that statement as well. That's pretty much all I got for my thoughts as well. Just looking forward to having a fun weekend. Um, I, I, I apologize. I, be, I don't believe the trucks are running this week. I said trucks, Xfinity, and Cup. I believe it is just Xfinity and Cup. So 
looking forward to watching both uh, events, though, and uh, that's about it. Well, I appreciate you guys taking time out of your week um, to jump on. This is, you know, it was so great. First time you guys were able to, to hop on, and I was really looking forward to it um, when we finally nailed down a, a race. So hopefully, you know, uh, we can have you on a, a few more times before this season's out. So we'll uh, we'll run it back. But much Any, appreciated anytime. coming on. This is great. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Thanks so much, Phil. Well, that'll do it for another episode of the Full Tank with Phil podcast. Thanks again to Phil and Steve for joining me this week to talk Talladega. Thanks to you for listening and, and tuning in. Remember, give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter at Full Tank Phil to get any updated thoughts or picks as the week goes on. Drive fast, take chances, and we'll see you next week for some Dover action. <laughs> Go. Hell no place to go.